Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. My name is Adam Rubichek. With me, as always, is Eric Swistak. Hey, hey. And Aaron Fleming. Oye, oye. Buenos dias. This is our third week of talking about structured academic controversy. In our first week, we talked a little bit about the value of conflict. Last week, we talked... We talked a little bit about the structure of what you see as the students are engaging in this uh, problem-solving debate. But today I thought we would spend some time uh, examining what makes a good structured academic controversy. What are some topics that we've used in our classrooms uh, that we would find valuable? So we, we have talked about, and I think this the thing that I like about uh, chemistry is that it can stretch far and wide and, and, and science in general. And you can talk about like, okay, you know, is nuclear power, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, like um, people take very different sides on that. And um, there isn't a clear cut answer um, per se, because we do have energy, an energy crisis in this country and in this world. And nuclear seems to solve some problems, but does it create more problems than it solves? Um, so there isn't a right answer or a wrong answer to that one. Um, and People have debated it quite a bit. We think we've come to some consensus and then all of a sudden another election cycle goes through and we come to a different consensus or we realize like, oh, we're going to get rid of that nuclear power plant and what will we replace it with? You know, 10 natural gas fields. Is that, is that a good plan? Is that a bad plan? You know, having kids kind of look at that issue and see just how complex it is. And again, going through and, and you know, my favorite, the chasm of the unknown. There's a, there's a lot of unknowns here. And um, we've got a lot of nuclear waste that we don't really know what to do with. Um, you know, all of all of those things have to be accounted for. Um, and uh, that, that's one of my favorites. Well, and I, th- I think you you all mentioned last time, maybe, maybe it was you, Derek, you talked about uh, some of the, I guess, the warm up type activities that you can do. And I know one of the famous ones in the uh, the actual uh, textbook from the Johnsons talks about uh, Peter Pan. And, you know, you have one side, you know, is it uh, is it better to grow old or is it better to stay young forever? And again, you could be on either side of that that argument, but um, other things you could do just some practice ones. Is it better t- for teachers to give homework or not give homework? and have students debate that. Um, should we have summers off? Should we go through through school all year with some some more frequent breaks? These are all things we could do. And we, we could do my favorite, which is why is Star Wars way better than Star Trek or Marvel? But I mean, that's not really fair because we all know that it's Star Wars is the answer, you know, and because it's just way better. So I'm just going to leave that one there. In, in my biology classroom, the uh, controversies that I found that worked the best were those that were closely related to the content, but still somewhat rooted in, um, in current events. And in biology, we saw this a lot. So uh, I talked about the animal, talked about the animal uh, experimentation uh, controversy that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago. But um, some other things that I've done, looking at overpopulation, amongst humans and you know should we put in population controls amongst uh amongst people so that we don't overcrowd the planet one thing we looked at you know health and dieting when we were talking about our when we were talking about our macromolecules unit and 
is it healthy to eliminate carbohydrates from one's diet? Is this a responsible method of weight loss? This is something that you know has been kind of on the forefront with um, with different diet fads over the years. Uh, we could look at you know high protein, low fat, you know, all those different things. Should scientists and laboratories be allowed to copyright the DNA of genetically modified organisms? Is it possible for a corporation to own the DNA of an organization? Got some really heated debates among students here and something that they had no background on. I mean, this is really complex legal precedents that are being set. The students really got to dig in and because they had an understanding of the science behind it, their opinions and their ideas were just as valid as, as some of the legal scholars out there. So uh, it was really fun to, to get the students, to get the students really, really looking at the world around them uh, using the lens of basic raw science that we were learning in the classroom. And I will say, you know, just like Aaron said, I think that some of that simple stuff of like, do you want to live in the electron cloud or do you want to live inside the nucleus? I think Aaron or Adam said that, um, you know, do you want to be a molecule or do you want to be an atom? You know, and like having kids kind of just do a quick, just do a quick controversy, but kind of run through the steps. So um, you know, getting them in the, you know, getting them with their partners to try to talk through their side of it. I'd rather be an atom. Okay. We'd rather be a molecule. Okay. We're going to talk it through. Okay. We're going to have that, you know, we're going to have that, we're going to state our opinion. We're going to take notes. Oh, and then we're going to flip sides, you know, and then so that it's a quick little thing, but it is still, you know, right there at, at, the, at the controversial level. I think, uh, you know, I think parts of speech is a, probably a pretty good one and a, a pretty, and not so, uh, difficult one for kids to get into would you rather be a noun or a verb you know what what uh i i'm gonna embarrass myself of my lack of uh <laughs> knowledge of uh verb conjugation uh would you rather be kind of thing um there oh my wife has mentioned that she did one where she was talking about um should there be um feminine versus masculine forms of um articles, I guess, is probably what they're the words, um, you know, in, in the world nowadays, um, when we, when we, when we don't have those, you know, genderfied kinds of, kinds of things. Um, but that was pretty, you know, pretty progressive and, and seemingly innocuous, but while at the same time, you know, conveying a, an understanding of, of the world that, that our kids live in right now too. There are so many things you can do, right? Um, if I just give you a couple and get you thinking about it, uh, my favorite one that we ever did years ago, there was a, um, I believe it was a mother and son who fled from Cuba on a raft. Unfortunately, on the trip, the mother perished. And then um, there was a big argument about should the, the boy go to live with relatives in the United States or go back home to Cuba with the father? That was, I mean, that was an intense one. It was a really intense debate. And of course, you know, there's no right or wrong answer there, but really, really a good one to help kind of sort through some emotion too. But again, you have to have a lot of trust built to be able to have those. Um, even even some things like, you know, should, should we give... Um, Things like driver's license examinations in other languages, you know, to get kids to think about, you know, more of a global perspective with languages, or should we expect people to speak uh, English or take tests in English, those, those kinds of things. So there's so much out there that we can really get kids to dig into, work through all of those social skills. And, you know, I think we've said it so many times when, when you get kids 
when you see that light bulb go on where they really see that opposing viewpoint really has some validity to it, that's enough to give me pause and say, okay, you know, so much that I came in here with was really not accurate, or at least it's, it's softened it. And I can understand why someone would have that other perspective. It's just, it's those aha moments that really, you know, you, you really will remember for the rest of your teaching career. And it's teaching students to disagree without being disagreeable. David Johnson, and this is like the 17th time we've quoted him in the last three episodes, but this was, I think this was part of cooperative learning. He was most passionate about If you listen to his interview he was really working with people that had serious disagreements he wanted people not to be prejudiced and he was going into some of the um, most fraught situations and trying to get people to listen to each other but he tells a story I think it was a Morton Deutsch story I'm probably getting it way wrong but an article was published and another professor stormed into his office and started screaming how can you possibly uh, you know say these things this is so wrong and this paper is, is nonsense and uh, the professor kept his cool and, and sat there and says, well, tell me why you think that and just talked him off the ledge. And this was somebody that was so passionate about an issue. And he said, well, if he has passion, that means he cares, which means that we can come to an understanding. He wa- if he wasn't angry, if he just said, no, this is a terrible paper and walked away, well, without any passion, he couldn't have engaged in that discussion. So if we can turn that passion and, and, and sometimes it comes out as anger, but if we can teach students to, to channel it in the right way, that it really is a desire to be understood and to understand the opposing viewpoint. And, and I think it's a matter, it's a matter then of wanting to hear the opposing viewpoint too, right? It's not, yeah, it's, it's really just, do we get people to a place where they don't want to be stuck in their own little world and they, they want to hear what other people think and they want to hear learned thoughts and they want to express learned thoughts. We can get kids to that place. We're leaving them behind with a great, great, great world here. And with that, I think we can wrap up our, our mini session on structured academic controversy. Again, one of the most fun parts of cooperative learning to implement in the classroom. Kind of an aspirational piece for those just getting into it. But you can start small. Just start with little ways to get your students to talk to each other and engage. They can be silly. They can be, they can be nonsensical. They can be just something rooted in, in your content, rooted in the topic at hand. Uh, but once you teach students how to, like I said, disagree without being disagreeable, you can take them anywhere. With that, we'll catch you next week. And until then, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.